0: Hey guys Hey Hello Hello This is the third time we've attempted to record this
1: Because Hugh keeps going with the uh, inappropriate impressions Yes And the rudeness And the rudeness Yes About significant
2: members of society Yes I'm sorry I'm not going to And former colleagues I get to behave myself now
1: Can you do other politicians?
2: Impressions of them
1: Uh, Yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think currently it's safe to just say yes or no Say yes or no answer I can, yes. Oh. Good. Okay. Well, we'll do those. I'd like to see those. Okay. We'll do those later.
1: Topical. We can have, like, our own, like, spitting image remake going on in the office. It's coming
2: back, apparently.
1: Yeah, but American.
2: American. It's going to heavily feature Mr. Trump. Yeah. Okay, let's go. It'd be very hard to satire him, though. But carry on.
3: You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast
2: apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals
3: need to be told
2: that putting their sleeping bags down the toilets is not a, not a very good idea. Did
1: you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was brilliant. Did you brilliant. see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading station yeah. and chased him all through Reading yeah. all along the canal and eventually caught him the yes, down?
2: Yes, that
1: was brilliant. Hello! Hello.
2: I'm Hugh Fort.
1: I'm Rachel Nemeth.
0: And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 74 of the Real Reading Podcast. We have two guests this week, both talking around two.
1: You have excelled yourself, TC.
0: One. Twins. A two. A two. (laughs) No, not twins. Business partners. (laughs) Husband and wife duo.
1: No.
2: Oh, no. Gosh. Both, if you you let me finish. Male and female pop act. The Carpenters. The Cheeky Girls. The the Osmonds. (laughs) <laughs> when they are more than two Same Osmonds. difference. Me, there are many husbands, uh, yeah. X-Factor. <laughs> 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 who
0: is it? Uh, Baz, Daphne and Celeste.
4: Oh.
0: Charles and Eddie. Go on. Charles and Dave. It?
1: Oh, I love that song. Would I Lie to You?
2: <laughs>
0: yes, you would. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, we've got two guests this week, both talking around the same subject, mental health.
1: That is an important one.
0: It is. And uh, I'm glad you got all your jokes out of the way first. I know,
1: we immediately had our serious faces on. When serious you said faces that, on, didn't everybody. I? Yeah.
0: Um, first up, we have Jordan Gooding from Reading Councillors, who I mentioned last week. So I can't say Councillors yeah. or Councillors. Yep. Two different things. Which is a new mental health community interest company, or CIC, service in town. Uh, and we also have James Carter, who works with the NHS and is a board trustee focused on health and well-being at Reading FC Community Trust. So I've already spoken to Jordan, and I am speaking to James later in the week. So that should be very good. We should have two interviews together. And if we get to the interview point of this and we only have one interview, uh, sorry, but there's two arranged, so we should be good.
1: It's very at people's the forefront of people's minds at the moment, isn't it? All the mental health,
0: yes, um, and
1: well-being.
0: I did. I I wrote that down somewhere on my script, but I appear to have lost Mm. it. But yeah, it's it's sort of it's almost the only thing aside from political situation which i don't even want to slightly get into because then we'll just have to re-record this whole thing because and Hugh, Hugh will, will say do some his things impressions yeah. again um it, it's sort of the, the the second major talking point of of this current period of time isn't it it's talking to talking to jordan when i spoke to her it's kind of it's just become such a big thing that and it's great that everybody's talking about it but there's also i feel i feel like and i mentioned this to her i feel like there's a concern I'm, I'm slightly concerned that kind of it's almost fashionable as well
1: yeah if that
0: if that makes a toll did, so did she have a she she sort of well, yeah she she people she, can hear
1: the interview in a minute but yeah um oh, let's she, we'll I
0: see what we'll see what she says later on but um
1: i just yeah. wonder like, yeah i mean on that vein if it if it's always been been a thing that that sort of number of people have have been suffering in one way or the other but just didn't talk about it or yeah. if it is more prevalent now. I don't know. Maybe did people just get on with it and bury it? It, you know. I, I think
0: that was sort of that was the way it was done. It was that that was the attitude, wasn't it? You just yeah. oh, just get yeah. on with it. Put, your, yeah, put
2: yourself together. That was yeah. the complex medical treatment for a, for a lot of mental health issues yeah. back in the day.
0: Uh, and it, it's obviously obviously great that that people are talking about it and things are being done. Um, and we, we'll talk more about that a bit later. Really, um, I just thought it was quite a worthy. Think quite often we, you know, we go and talk to independent businesses, we go and talk about all sorts of things. We don't often do serious stuff, and it just feels like um, we've matured as a group enough <laughs> to perhaps talk about serious things, which I think is, think is very important. So I look forward to listening to those again later on. Yeah. Okay, uh, here is Jeremy in the meantime with how you can get in touch with the show.
3: Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at RealReadingPod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com.
0: Thanks, Jeremy. Um, Firstly, if you remember last week, I set some homework.
1: Oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble, aren't I?
0: I think you'll find everyone is in trouble. Every single person is in trouble. Oh, no. Firstly, homework.
1: Oh, no, I did do my homework. A class detention.
0: Uh, No one has completed their homework. No listeners. I'm not sure what that says about us.
1: Are you going to recap what the homework Um, was?
0: But, well, I I will recap. But first of all, uh, I'd like you all to report to your secondary school for detention.
1: Chilton Edge, here I come. Off you go. I'm going. The willing. Sorry, (laughs) Maiden Early Chilton Edge Academy. You may
2: not remember me because I left 20 years ago, (laughs) but I've gone to detention. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I
0: need to go? Only 20. <laughs> so, uh, just, just off the top of my head, everybody I can think of who are regular contributors to our little show, Steve, off you go, Paul, off you go, um, who else? Linda. Remember. Linda, oh, worst of all, Linda, off you go. No,
2: she's retired as well, she's got loads of time things like that.
0: That's pretty awkward then, she's she's popping back in there for a detention. Where, where did your mum go to school?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember, but it when... It was when schools were proper. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't actually know. It's a grammar school somewhere in Buckinghamshire.
0: Hopefully, it's still there. Otherwise, you will just be sitting in someone's
2: house having a detention. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, the homework was: uh, we wanted to talk about reading winds. Those little things that make you go, yeah.
1: I did think of one. What did you go for? It's not reading specific. That's okay.
0: But, I mean. At the moment I've got nothing else to go on so
1: um it is beating the cashier in Aldi. Oh. I don't mean beating them with a stick <laughs> or something. <Okay>. Cuz <laughs> I'm I not mean, sure that's oh, uh, pa- packing your bag before they finish my bag before they <laughs> finished scanning.
2: Do you throw the last item in with like real sass like a mi- yeah, yeah. like a mic drop. Yeah, as long as it's not my I'm, eggs. I'm ready to pay now. <laughs> Boo.
1: Yeah, you thought you were going too quick, but I am all over it.
2: Ready to pay now. Zap. Yeah, and I bag oh. it
1: as well. I'm not one of those that takes it to the shelf. I'll get it, I've got to get it in my bags oh, at, okay. at the desk.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait. Reading oh, wait. My card's live. been rejected. Keep oh, no.
0: I had a little win, a Reading win yesterday. I uh, I thought, oh, do you know what? I really got to hanker in for a little bit of a Subway. I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll go to Subway, but I'll go in there. If there's no queue, I'll have one. If not, I won't.
1: Yep.
2: Got there. Not a soul around. So
0: the I had,
1: decision was made. Oh,
2: it was there. Just done. Oh, what about if you're at the top of the escalators at Reading Station and your train pulls in and the, you can oh, walk all the way down to yeah. the escalator, the, just yes. get straight on the train and fight, get a seat in that carriage. That is absolutely ideal. Similarly Obviously, you need to be travelling at about midday on a, <laughs> a, on a,
0: oh, on a Saturday. So that,
1: last week, I had to go to London for work. On Monday travelled at eight in the morning. I got a seat on the train to Paddington, a seat on the tube, and coming back I got seats on both trains. That would be That's a I hate you. some sort of record. I hate you. I don't think anyone ever has achieved that. <laughs> I don't no, I don't think so. No. I think you
0: are. <laughs> um so that was the homework. If anybody would like to I'll give you an extension. Okay. Until next a week. Reprieve. Yes. So we'll see what we get. I might have to put this stuff up on social media again for all those people that didn't catch it last time. Hmm. Okay, the other thing I just wanted to mention about um, it's not quite Reading, but um, if you enjoy gigantic steam engines,
1: uh, as we know you do, as I do, as my four year old does yes, also,
0: uh, there are a load of um, traction engines and other sort of mechanical feats of, like, engineering from a century ago, heading to Jellots Hill in Bracknell on Saturday.
1: Okay. It's well worth a visit. Right. I'll be there. Will you? Oh, yes. Point and burger in hand, watching oh, God, the yes. steam engine. Oh, yeah, just that sitting and watching. That is, like, the dream for you.
2: Oh, yes. I'm going to tell you a little steam engine-related anecdote. Oh, because well, I well, used to be indifferent to steam engines, but now I, I don't like them because what? A few years ago, I was living on the outskirts of Wallingford and working in Reading, which meant I had to drive up the A4074 every single day, <laughs> and one night, I'd finished work on a Friday, Not a Friday, it was a Friday, or a, it might have been a Monday, actually, come to think of it. Anyway, I was happily pootling along, and then I got stuck behind the entire Woodcoach steam rally, <laughs> <laughs> leaving <laughs> via the A4074 these enormous traction engines which have a top speed anyway 15 miles about 15 miles an hour going up a hill (laughs) and I was there in my little car and there was a very angry man behind me in a Mercedes questioning why I I was not able to overtake these things which because of my small car was also going up a hill on one of the most (laughs) alarmingly dangerous roads in the uh, in the south of England and he got very very cross and then did a Completely he shake his reckless. Fist at you. Yes, he did. Completely reckless overtake it Took over the entire woodcoach <laughs> team rally, <laughs> and uh, eventually I managed to find a downhill bit where I was brave enough to overtake. <laughs> and the wind was behind you. <laughs> yes, too, and, yes, and i had a run up. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and there was no no other vehicles to be seen anywhere in the distance, and uh, managed to get past. But it was somewhat frustrating, and the man behind me did not ease my anxiety at the time. <laughs> At trying to overtake these very you say warning slow moving vehicles that that is that the woodcote steam rally leaving <laughs> going up a hill
1: when we went to the steam rally in the summer they like they have an arena thing in the middle where they display their yes engines and uh they do rides on them at one point so Zach and I he was having a lovely time there was like a miniature steam engine with a little trailer thing on the back and we we were pootling around in that having a lovely time looked around and my friend and her daughter who we'd gone with were driving one of the the massive ones wow that was their ride (laughs) i was like oh sorry mate we lost (laughs) so they won why can't we do (laughs) that Bobby? yeah uh, (laughs) oh because we were at the wrong place in the queue i don't know (laughs) we lucked out yeah, so they got to drive one. It's pretty cool. You would have loved it. I would
2: have. I would have.
0: Okay. Uh, it's so, fine. if you
2: want a piece of the traction, you better go there.
0: It's time for Rach's Fact of the Week.
3: Reading Fact of the Week.
0: Rach, Fact of the Week. Yep. What have we got?
1: Well, <clears throat> very studious it is national library week this week did you know library that? library Librarian. i didn't know that no this hasn't been well advertised uh from the 7th to the 12th of october oh so i thought i'd uh, talk about the central reading library a little bit obviously thrown a few uh, quiz quiz questions because as okay. being the norm now. i'm assuming the position for quizzes right um
2: The winning position. Game face on.
1: Game face. Well, I'll just give you some little facts. Okay. So, uh, in 1875, William Isaac Palmer... Do you know who he is?
0: Uh, Someone to do with Palmer and Huntley's. Huntley and Palmer's. Huntley and Palmer's Palmer's even, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
1: Oh, dear. Uh. Um, Yeah, so there was a a cry out for a library, but the the, the council couldn't fund it. So um, he... William Isaac Palmer, he personally funded a new library in West Street, which is just around the corner corner from from here, here, where old Primark used to be. Um, And then in 1882, it moved into into the town hall. They were doing an extension onto the town hall building. So they moved it into there and built a bit of a museum in there, which has now become Reading Museum and it stayed there for a long long time until in 1985 the new library opened on King's Road which i think is it abbey square is that what it's called there i think i read that I um, don't know. and it's it's actually built over the former site of where the the reading abbey stables were so it's built on the top of that and also the holy brook which Seems to go under the whole of Reading. Yes. <laughs> I think it just yes. zigzags, <laughs> as, long back as, as river, forwards. Yeah. Uh, but it goes right underneath the library before popping out back at the Oracle at some point, doesn't it? Yes, it runs through the Oracle. Um, so here is your question.
0: Is it just one question?
1: How many books do you think Reading Library has got? Uh,
0: Three thousand.
1: 3,000 books. Yep. That's a lot of books.
0: Well, it's a big library, probably.
1: How many books, Hugh? Take your time, my friend. Take your time. Yes,
2: because I'm trying to... I don't know. Are you trying to <laughs> count every which books they should have? Yes. How many books have ever been written? 5,000? <laughs> uh,
1: 5, 5,000 books. Yeah. Okay. So, in the Reading Library, there are 100,000 books.
2: So I win!
0: Yes, you do! <laughs> well, somehow. Yes, I was only 95,000 out. That's <laughs> a lot wow. of
1: books, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of books. And they've also got CDs and DVDs and things that you can rent out. And then apparently, up on the third floor, which I really need to take note of, it's got the uh, Reading Local Studies Library. Which get down is, there. Yeah, got loads of books and maps and stuff wow. about Reading's history, which I should really be frequenting. Yes. Given my fact of the week. As, I, as should I. Um, and it's also got the family history section. So my dad has recently started looking into doing our family tree so he needs to get yeah. down there. That Apparently seems to be a they thing they that men men do
2: there? when when they get to a certain age. I suddenly family history 60s. time. It's yeah. when they retire. they
1: retire, got a bit of time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nothing better to do.
1: Yeah. But I don't they do courses and stuff up there on what's the word for
0: genealogy? The,
1: genealogy. Yeah, they do courses on that. Um, yeah, so that was the I mean not
0: do you get 3 wishes? <laughs>
1: Yes, you do. Uh,
0: Sorry, I couldn't hold that (laughs) one in.
1: Um, So there's now seven libraries, apparently, around and about across Reading.
2: Oh, great. And they're all
1: still open. Are you members of a library? No.
2: Also no, but I have been to various fundraisers to raise money for Sonny Common Library for other people who are members. Thank you? Yes. Oh, well, someone's sitting a little higher in his stool this afternoon.
1: Well, I am, in fact, a library member. I've never actually taken a book out for myself. <laughs> um, My wife is a library but member. Zach and I go. He gets lots of books mm.
0: yeah.
5: from
1: there. Anyway, cool. So okay. So that's it. So a little, Thanks, little bit of history. Just out of interest,
0: was that is the Holy part of the Kennet or the Thames? <sighs> Do you know what those Kennet? I'm just going
1: like? to go for Kennet because I don't want yeah. like oh, I don't oh, those Thames.
0: Oh, yeah, always yeah, the Thames.
1: Well, I'm trying to think. Where does it come out? It's it got to be the Kennet
0: because it's the Kennet that goes through the Oracle, isn't it? So.
1: Yeah, I did also read. Um, oh, see, I haven't written it down because I wasn't going to talk about that. But there is another little brook that okay. goes from the Portman Road area and it comes along, it goes underneath the Caversham Road. Oh, okay. And then it pops out of the ground again, um, <laughs> I think near where the Thames Lido is. Okay. Lido, Lido, however you say We haven't it. decided how we're going to say that yet. No, I was, that's um, why I go with both, yeah. and would keep everybody happy. Okay. Um, yeah, so there just seems to be, like, what do you call culverts? Is that what they're called? Yes. When it goes under buildings, it just seems to be like streams and culverts under most of Reading, which is a bit worrying, really. There was a really
2: big flood. <laughs> Reading might collapse.
1: Yeah. Well, Reading we kind of was built in the...
3: Middle. In the nook yes. <laughs> of
1: uh, the Thames and the Kennet, wasn't it? Because it was a good position. But uh, it's Yes, for the Abbey. It was all about the Abbey, If we could it? look underneath yes. the buildings, we'd be a bit like Venice. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. could be a good way
2: of getting people around. You could go un- underground ferries. Yes. Trying to try and stop people. Oh, right. Is that consultation still going? <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, I need to. I need to fill this in. We could have like
1: the tube, London tube, but with canoes and stuff. A lot of people do that in Birmingham, don't they? Because they've got so many canals. People canoe to work. I don't they know could canoe be onto something here.
0: Thanks, Rage. Uh, that is the end of part one. In part two, we will join Hugh Fort for Fort explains it all.
3: This is Fort Explains It All.
0: Welcome back to part two of the Real Reading podcast. Uh, Hugh Fort, you are talking about um, car parks.
2: Car parks, yeah. Yeah, you you didn't ask me earlier. What? In the first part of the podcast as per the routine. You didn't ask me what I was going to talk about. No, I didn't, did I? Yeah. He's
1: a man of routine.
0: Um, Yes.
2: I don't like being thrown out of my routine.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, does that mean you don't want to talk about this? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> What's going on? He's itching to talk about car park. I understand
0: we are losing six hundred car parking spaces.
2: Yes. Why? <laughs> because of the car park across which I'm looking at right now. That's it's the beautiful. Architecturally it's stunning. garage street car park in Reading, which is part of the station hill development it's eventually going to be knocked down to be honest
0: i mean you don't mind paying the money to park
2: there when it looks like that oh exactly yeah 18 pounds a day (laughs) 24 pounds for for max of the maximum price if you want to leave it there i particularly enjoy the the aroma of the stairwells yes beautiful yeah (laughs) yes um well, that's been oh, knocked don't down.
1: I do want to go and see what you're talking about. Have you not been
0: in Garrett Street car park?
2: Because you not, would I ever she's not drive a million it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's like your sort of stereotypical horrible multi-story car yeah, park, isn't it's, it? It's, it? It really is. It's architecturally appalling, yeah. has horrible smell <laughs> and is <laughs> really, really expensive to park in. It is really expensive to park in because it's close to the station. Yeah. yeah.
0: So and yeah.
1: yet it's full every day. But, yeah, It but must
2: be people lots
0: of people who earn enough to uh But oddly so Reading Station car park costs just about the same amount to parking. It's only slightly less ugly, but doesn't smell.
2: Yes, yeah, very odd. Odd. Anyway, this it's getting knocked down eventually. supposed it's to be it was actually supposed to be work to knock it down was supposed to start in August, but I think because of the unfortunate incident that happened in Station Hill where the scaffolding fell down leading to a slight delay. A slight delay. I think they're a little bit behind. But it is getting eventually going to be knocked out, closed and knocked down. That loses 600 spaces. Um, and the num- the total number um, of car park spaces is expected to fall from 7,112 to around 6,500 in oh, Reading. Okay. Um, Do we think that will be a big problem? Well... There is another car park planned, but it's yes. much smaller. It's you know the cattle market car park. Yes. You because we all park there. We all park, park there. there. There's gonna be another car park next to that and that's gonna be expanded. Okay. So theoretically, planning permission assumed, the, there's gonna be another car park on some old land in Abattoir Road, which is sort of next to the cattle market car park up yes. the road. If you turn off the IDR by the railway bridge, yes. that's Abattoir Road. So there'll be a car theoretically be a car park there.
0: Thank you for pointing out entirely the wrong direction. (laughs) Yes. This
1: is really useful for the listeners. Great, great audio. It's
2: over there. I'm demonstrating to Tom what left is. Uh, Yeah, um, but but it's not... Pointing
1: the opposite
0: direction. Yeah, the opposite direction to to where where it it actually
2: is. is. Uh, Yeah, but I was telling you, it's left of the IDR. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That proposed car park is a 47-space car park, which is obviously much smaller. Um, So this big one is going... um, and the council's statement says on this says there is a line. He's lost. It. Um
1: he has a snow.
2: can we fill for it? Where is it? It it says something like you can expect more car park the amount of car parking spaces in Reading um will reduce. Um yes, so here we are. <laughs> it says <laughs> it says furthermore, which is a word only ever used <laughs> by councils the figure is likely to continue to decline with the imminent adoption of our new local plan. That means we'll probably be looking at reducing parking spaces in other places as well, because, as we've discussed on many occasions, the ultimate plan is to try and reduce traffic around, yes. around Reading. And if you have loads and loads of car parks, that means there's loads of opportunities if, for people to drive into Reading.
0: If I was being cynical, and I'm not often as... Most of you will know.
1: Normally such a positive...
0: Yes. If I was being cynical...
2: Breathtakingly naive.
0: (laughs) Fair. Um, If I was being cynical, uh, market forces might suggest if you reduce the number of car parking spaces, that would increase demand and therefore you could increase the cost of parking your car in a car park.
2: That That is being cynical, but also as an incentive for people not to drive, that would also be another reason to increase the cost if you're making people pay 15 quid to park in the cattle market or whatever then, then yeah okay I mean it yeah some yeah. people are always going to need to drive and park in Reading but I just, to try to reduce that as much as you can um, is what the, the yes. authority will look, uh, look thing to is, do. I, I,
0: I get all of this but I just I, I still you know why should people who need to park have to pay all that money it just seems ridiculous um and I don't you know it, nothing has changed that much in terms of public transport and how we get around this town that it mean that 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 there is any real you know there's there's no been no major alternative to actually using the car yet,
2: yeah, and that's gonna that'll be in this new local plan i I would expect yeah. some fairly radical ideas with regards to
0: getting people but on that, buses that's so. all going to take a long time uh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And yeah uh,
1: should you not have the plans in place yes. before you go knocking things down well
2: that car park oh, is probably it's not, probably, a, council. It's not yeah. a council thing it's pro. It's, it's owned oh, no, by I know. the developer I'm just and worried just, all the just look at it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean I, I totally I am totally on board with knocking it down I just the whole sort of this idea that people won't drive in is just fanciful for the time being um,
1: I just worry it will contribute yeah. to the to the the death of the high street as it's known. That people. See, the thing is,
0: I would much rather walk or get the bus. I really would. I just don't always have time. Or I, like this evening, I need to go. I've had to drive in today because I need to go elsewhere after work. I'm not going straight home.
2: Yeah, and there's always there's always going to be things like that, but the the you know the specifics of of what's going to be done. Um. We'll have to wait and see, but the 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 policy, if you like, will is to try to stop as to try to present alternatives to cars over the long run because of a the congestion and b the quality of air in certain parts of the town, and that is.
1: But they're not haven't presented no. those solutions. No, uh, we are we yet. are waiting. Well, yeah, that's what that, that's what's imminent. Well, it's we have with our canoe ideas. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. No one else is coming we island. are
0: continuously coming up with ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had Megabike. Uh, Megabike, monorail. Monorail. Zip slide from well, Caption Park. If I if I may, under if the I may, town. the
0: monorail
2: wasn't our idea, we've we've
1: we taken we that from elsewhere, that, but yeah. yeah. R- Springfield.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is long long term.
0: Yeah, I know. So it just, be... It's all hitting the motorist in the pocket mm. and that doesn't seem entirely fair. Uh, this is obviously, we're, I'm, we are speculating right now that prices in the car parks would go up.
1: Well, they're already, a- yeah, they're, they're already astronomical. You think, think if you yeah. have to park in town at the station or or what's it called, that one? Garrard Street. Garrard Street, and it's nearly 20 quid a day. Yeah. On top of your potentially your season ticket to get the train to yeah. London, which is why a lot of people may drive in. That's, I, that's a huge amount yeah. of
0: money I, I suppose in a way it's 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 more of a case of why does everything cost so much which is a, i think is a like why does it cost so much so if you want people to use the train more why does it cost so much
2: but i think one of the things is what what what's been said is that maybe not the garret, maybe not like that car park specifically um but certainly other car parks like the broad street mall they don't want people parking their car in the Broad Street Mall all day. No, to go no, no. to go to work, they want people to park there for two hours, go to the go into town, yes. buy things, and then go home again. Yes, they don't they want don't want it used a long term car park, which is why it's fourteen pounds or something to park yeah. in there all day. And ideally, they don't want anyone parking leaving their car in car in a public car park anywhere. Really, that's why that's why there's that there's that price. But that's that's just the way things are. And until. You know, we we'll again we'll look at this plan and see what they want to do. And until people's mentalities change and there are an ama- there is amazing public transport systems where everyone gets on the bus or on yeah. the train or cycles or walks, then then there's oh. going to be there's going to be parking and to reduce that and improve to, to follow the policy of uh, reducing one and improving the other is. I'm not going to say it's the right thing to do, but it's what they've decided, what they've decided to do. And uh, certainly if it involves not bro- breathing in noxious fumes, every time you walk yeah. down, down I, the road, then
0: I, I, I'd i be slightly hypocritical and say, I do think it's the right thing to do. I'm just, you know, in the short term,
2: but is, is I, it a pipe dream? Is the, uh, is yes. the question? That is it realistic?
1: I heard a really uh, quite horrible, upsetting thing, uh, from a reliable source, um, that, you know, the multi story up at the Barks Hospital that the price to park there for a day is less than 18, 20 pounds, whatever it is in the town. So people park there and then walk in to work either in town or to get the, the train. And well, that that's is just. Yeah. That's having not that's very, the person with an appointment looking for a parking space yeah, well exactly, for, for yeah. ages that's just but that it does worry me that if you I don't know the fewer spaces there are in town will people push out yeah. a bit further and do things like that
0: but then yes yeah, no and I, I completely agree I'm also not entirely sure that people know that there's a cattle market car park over there which is often largely empty except yeah. for sale days and is only eight quid. So anyway, it's um, one of the cheaper car parts, yeah. It really is. Well and really actually
1: is. to walk from there to the to the station it's is five minutes, yeah. isn't it's it? Yeah. It's, it's easy. P- yeah. It, yeah.
0: Okay. Um I think we'll we'll just move on from that. Um uh, we might we might get some letters on that one. I don't know if we get letters. Do we got a postal address? No. <laughs> we might get some emails on that one. We'll see. Um meantime Facebook uh,
1: abuse more likely. Oh, probably. Maybe? As long directed yeah. it's directed
0: at Q. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, thank you Hugh I can take it uh, It's it's quite a, obviously quite a, a strong subject to talk about um, I'm not entirely sure which side I sit on to be honest That's Both
1: because you drive your car into the town Occasionally Your moral and your practical heads are battling uh, Yes,
2: yes The new plan will be very interesting
0: If I can't figure it out in my own mind well, what hope is there for the rest of you Okay, um, thank you, guys. That is Hugh Fort explains it all, or Fort explains it all, as we normally call it. Um, now it's time for the first of our two interviews. First up, Jordan Gooding from Reading Councillors. I've got to find a better way of saying that.
1: Just councillors.
0: Okay, I'll just shall I just <laughs> say councillors. Okay, councillors, Reading Councillors, and then uh, it's James Carter uh, from the NHS. Hi everybody, I am here in our little, what I call studio, but more rather a bit of a boardroom uh, with Jordan Gooding from, uh, as you'll have heard on last week's podcast, Reading councillors, which is how I'm pronouncing it, um, to not confuse everybody with councillors, which is something entirely different. Jordan, how, how are you?
5: I'm very well, thank you. Really pleased to be here.
0: What, how do you make that distinction between being a councillor and a counsellor?
5: Oh, I mean, huge, huge differences. I mean, councillors are not political um and councillors are and there's a different spelling there is a different spelling one's with a c and one's with an s we're the s
0: right it's it it can be i I must admit i was rather confused when i first got the sheet. and we we know each other now through a mutual friend of our podcast called rodders who was on has been on twice now
5: oh the fabulous rodders yes
0: he recommended we speak to you so here we are so tell me a little bit about what you're up to. You've got, there's a, there's a community interest company. So we'll come to what community interest company is in a moment. But mm. So it's Reading Counsellors. What, what is it? Tell me a little bit about it.
5: So uh, Reading Counsellors is an affordable, accessible counselling service. So what we're doing is we are offering therapy um, at an affordable rate. So it's £20 if you're on benefits and £30 uh, standard rate. So what we're doing is... There's five of us who are all company directors and qualified and highly trained therapists. And we're operating out of about four different locations in Reading. Again, to really promote the accessibility of counselling. What we'd like to do is really bridge the gap in between. We've got the voluntary services who offer things for free and the NHS which offer things for free. But the waiting lists we know are really, really long. And then on the other hand, we've got the private practice therapists who... You can usually see someone next week, but the cost is averagely about 40 to £60 pounds in yeah. this area. So that's why we all got together as a, as a collective of therapists and we were like, we really want to fill the gap and create a change and, and open it up to people who maybe are either on a waiting list or maybe couldn't afford it.
0: So it, it, well, as I say, we'll come to the, to, to the CIC part of it in a moment. But So is this mm. sort of a, a side job for you or is it your, your kind of your main practice now?
5: So for me personally and for many of our other directors, it's, it's technically a side job. Right. So we're all qualified in other things and we all do other things. But as we're talking about it here now, it is, it's something that we're, we're going to hope that's going to evolve. As the need comes in, we want to yeah. be able to meet the service need.
0: So in a community interest company, that, mm. what, t- tell me about that. What is a community interest company?
5: so a community interest company it stands out as a company that its main purpose wants to do something for the community so it's not about us taking in lots and lots of profit it is for the benefit of the community yeah. so it's kind of like a part way between a fully limited company and a charity we're like the in-between right. bit,
0: which is kind of the gap you want to fill anyway really. precisely
5: yeah so it made sense
0: so what what sort of people i i realize obviously you can't you can't give us mm. names and addresses but what sort of people are you seeing are, you know are we seeing people in the depths of despair or or is it sort of people who are just sort of interested in in talking about their feelings a little bit
5: so we will see a broad range of people um most of the services that are available have a criteria and we don't so we will see anyone over the age of 10 right most of us are qualified have additional qualifications of working with children and young people and therapies for anyone who wants it or feels like they need it so that could be really really serious heavy stuff or it could be your general life problems and you're thinking do you know what i could do with talking to someone who isn't my friend or (laughs) my colleague or just that safe private space and it's just up to you it's up to whoever whatever they want to talk about and the number of sessions is up to you as well and that's how we're different again from talking therapies or the charities that are out there have a a specific number of sessions and that's usually to manage the the service need because they're getting lots of people in all the time yeah whereas we want to keep it to that person so that person comes to see us maybe they just want a taster maybe they want to be there for one session only and they want to see what therapy feels like that's fine maybe they want to be in therapy for years and they want to do loads of sessions that's fine as well (laughs) that's really up to the individual and hopefully some like collaborative help from the counsellor as well to figure out what's best.
0: It's uh, obviously uh, over the last few years, and it, it, I, th- I think I, I would say that probably most people would say that this kind of mental health awareness has been has been an absolute mm. brilliant thing, that mm. people are talking about it, that that people on social media, that, that high-profile people are talking about it. But there'll obviously be a group of people as well who perhaps think it's all a bit of, you know, just man up for one mm. of and 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 you know what would you say to people like that 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 would perhaps sort of suggest that maybe this isn't something that we should be publicizing
5: mm. that's a really good question um and I think that's it. I think we are in the wave of people are trying to make changes we're trying to have this conversation and then maybe other people are thinking or oh, what what's that about you just need to yeah. you need to get on with it so we're in the throes of that and you know, to those people that I'd say just, you know, take a moment and everybody experiences stuff differently. So one person might be able to just write, I'm going to man up and get through it. And and that's okay for them. And then it might be slightly different for someone else, or it might be slightly different for the person with one experience mm-hmm. where they're able to just kind of take it on the chin and go, yeah, fine. But then maybe later on, actually, they, they might want a bit of help. And it's always nice to have someone to talk to. I think, Wherever you're coming from, whether that's yeah. that specific therapy or, or not,
0: I, I, I think just just from a personal point of view, and I don't want this to turn into mm. a, a a personal counselling session <laughs> at all. But I, I think just just from a personal point of view, I think it I think sometimes you maybe don't realise where yeah. where you might be. You know, you can be as you can be as strong as an ox as you might mm. say at one point, and then something something terrible happens. I mean, personally, for me, mm. uh, my my best friend died earlier this year, and mm. that became a real low point where it actually became a point where I thought I really could do with with talking to someone about it fortunately I had my wife Mm. and and it didn't and you know and and it's it's but it's taken a while and it it does take something but I don't think people always quite realize that maybe actually it could be doing do with talking to someone else and Mm. I suppose there's not really a question here so Mm. to speak but um you know it it does feel like that it is a thing that is becoming more of a thing Mm. and it's quite good that there are services there to help people Mm,
5: definitely and thank you for sharing your experience (laughs) because that's it that lived experience that you have there saying well your friend died earlier this year and actually you you found it beneficial to talk to someone but maybe it's it's like difficult coming to that realization sometimes
0: Uh, you know I I think most of the time people I think are probably okay I think I think anxiety seems to be the big one and I think it turns out a little bit that most people have anxiety I didn't ever realize what it I didn't realize what it was until someone put a name on it and maybe that maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing if you know sometimes you're best off not knowing what do you think
5: so are you asking sometimes it's best (laughs) not knowing what what the thing is I I, I don't know I
0: I think sometimes I I felt that actually when I didn't realize that that's what anxiety was Mm. you just kind of could brush it off a little bit but Mm. when people started putting names on these things suddenly it was it became a it became a a, 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 almost a problem Mm. but it's also a thing that lots of people talk about now and again that's probably a good thing
5: Mm. Mm. it's such an interesting one because with the diagnosis and stuff sometimes like you're saying it can be really useful to put a name to those feelings yeah. and to understand you know for uh, anxiety for example anxiety in small bouts can be really good for us like we're anxious about an exam because we care about it and that's yeah. that's going to get us <laughs> up in the morning to study or do whatever we need to do with that but then if it's kind of trickling into our day to day lives and it's affecting our overall health and well-being that's when we might start to think Mm, that, that's not quite healthy do I want to do something about this but not everybody wants to put a label or diagnosis yeah. specific and really what I'd encourage people to do is just to notice your feelings so anxiety or is that worry is that fear is like what's happening for you in that moment or you know depression is it that you're not feeling like getting up today or you don't have the motivation to do stuff that you usually want to do so again just noticing that and articulating that to yourself is a huge first step
0: it's a little bit like getting to know yourself a
1: little bit
5: yeah and allowing that i read this amazing article um about i mean we go on about self-esteem but about how self-compassion might be more important than self-esteem just allowing emotions they're allowed whether they're happy emotions or difficult ones like that whole range. We're all human, we've all got
0: them. Um, let's just talk about your background a little bit then, mm. Jordan. So where, where, did you, where did you train? Where, what made you, what set you out on this road to, to becoming a counsellor?
5: Oh, that wonderful road of yeah. therapy training. It's <laughs> a very long, wonderful road. Um, so I kind of dipped my toe into therapy stuff when I was 19. So I'm 27 now. And I did, I was always really interested in people. So I did an introductory course at the Open University just to get my head around some of the theory. I thought, oh, I love this. So I just continued doing it. I said, I'm going to continue doing this until I don't love it, and I'm I'm still here, and yeah. I still love it.
0: Still so here. so, so you went Open University. Then what what yeah. kind of comes after that? Is it a long series of of qualifications and? It seems like the sort of thing that might take maybe five to six years to get through. It
5: took a few, yeah, because I was was working alongside and then I did training part-time and the training route I took. And there are different training routes, so you can go off and do a degree or if you've already got a degree then maybe you want to do a master's. And there's different schools of therapy, there's lots of different words I feel really sorry for people who, when we look for therapists, and there's so many different words, and it's like, this is confusing. Like, even for therapists like myself, I understand all the words, but there just doesn't need to be that many. So my, going back to your question, my specific route was I took the CPTA. So I was with the Counseling and Psychotherapy Training Academy, which is based in Reading, actually. So just kind of down the road near TGI's. And I went through my level two my level three and then my level four diploma and then I've done some additional qualifications on top and the level four diploma you've got to do the level two and the level three to get on the level four and the level four is when you start doing your placement and you see clients and you do all your supervision and you do your own personal therapy as well that's a mandate for all of the really good training courses again just to make sure that you're doing the best job for whoever you're seeing and to make sure that you're okay enough as well
0: and so, how how do your family kind of feel about this? Is it sort of therapy sessions every time you go home?
5: I really hope not. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's all about balance. I, I save the therapy sessions for my clients. Okay,
0: good, good. Um, sometimes you don't want to delve too deeply into the family. Do no, you? I think it's, don't don't un, don't uh, don't pull back the covers on that at times. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, that's what my own personal therapy was for. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Reading Councils then, you say so four locations, Where whereabouts are those based?
5: So, we've got East Reading location, we are in talks for a location at the moment. There's one over in South Reading, a South Reading Community Centre, and we're also based out of the Maples currently. Where's that? The Maples is right next door to Rivermead, so it's a day centre. okay. It's a day centre in the day and they very kindly let us use the facilities in the evenings and at the weekends. So again, we're flexible on timings and we really wanted to embed ourselves in the community hubs that are already there. Instead of someone coming to a completely different counselling room or maybe with some of the private therapists you'd go into someone's home, it is let's utilise the already established community spaces, again, making us community focused. We're really excited about that. (laughs)
0: Well. <laughs> so and, and how would you go about kind of booking uh, uh a, a, an appointment is the word i'm looking for
5: booking appointment anyone can visit our website or we've got twitter so our website is www.reddingcouncillors.co.uk and we've got an email address which is inquiries at UK and we also have a telephone number which you'll be able to find on our website so Email contact, telephone contact, whatever suits the person best. Yeah. And then we'll have it's it's our lovely Dan on reception this month. <laughs> we try and take it in turns um as to who's taking the inquiries. So it's all trained therapists taking the inquiries as well. And then it's a little bit of logistics work of what time is that person available, where can they get to, and who would they like to see? Yeah. We've got a range of different skills in our community interest companies. So one of our fellow directors and therapists is also a trained coach. We've got people who've worked with trauma. We've got people who've done CBT specialist stuff. Or I myself, I'm integrative. Again, it's all these counselly words. So what's what's in-crative?
0: In-crative. Int- integrative? In- oh,
5: integrative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
5: taken me years. It's a hard <laughs> word to say. Integrative. So it's not, you're not specifically one school of therapy. Yep. I mix two blends together and mine is person-centered focusing on the here and now and the person's the expert with psychodynamic so if anyone's heard of freud or the Jungian stuff attachment styles how our history interplays with how we're feeling in this present moment and what's going on for us so it's that together
0: and you mentioned just just to delve quickly just before Mm. we finish and you mentioned you guys were on twitter and social media and stuff how do do you think social media is is kind of has been a positive thing in respect to mental health or or, you know is it a bit of a mixed bag because are you answering people's queries on social media or are you
5: no it's generally just to make that community connect so answering people's queries anyone's welcome to direct message us um but we wouldn't necessarily sort of have those personal private conversations on like a social platform because that wouldn't really be appropriate
0: cool um jordan thank you very much for coming to see us anything you wanted to add just before we finish
5: no yeah. thank you for having me. <laughs> That's
0: quite all right. Um, thank you, Jordan. Just sat down with James Carter. Uh, James, uh, just explain a little bit about who you are, what you do.
4: Sure. well thanks for having me Tom. Uh, my name is James Carter. I work uh, in the men- uh, I work in the NHS uh, within mental health. Um, I'm very much uh, a mental health advocate, though, especially, specifically around men's mental health. And uh, I'm also a Reading resident, lived here for nearly 15 years. So I sort of know the area quite yep. well I'm listening to the podcast. So it's good to be uh, able to chat with you today.
0: I think you've got five years on me living around here. so, oh, really? yeah, so. <laughs> It
4: feels like a long time, but then I also think just how much the town has developed and changed. It sort of feels very, very, uh, and you can only imagine what's going to come in the next few years with things yeah. like Crossrail yeah. and that sort of
0: stuff. It's all—I think it's all going to—it's going to be almost unrecognisable in some in some places. I think, So only when you come off the train and you come into Reading and you go, "Oh, where am I?" Because <laughs> it's like, it's—it's already changed so well, much. But and
4: the uh, the Jarrod Street car park is yeah, going to come yeah. down, isn't it? And they've yeah. obviously took down all the uh, the, the Fry Street. Um, Shopping yeah,
0: centre. Yeah. We were, we were talking about the, the car park earlier on the, uh, on the podcast. It's, uh, you can see it right out from the window up, up upstairs. And uh, it's, it's when that goes, it's quite an eyesore. It's just going to disappear, which is. Uh, and it's
4: such a big space. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't realise. Yeah. Absolutely. So
0: um, so you, you mentioned um, you, you were a Reading FC fan? No, well, uh, I'm a football or, fan. Football fan, okay. So so therefore you're not a Reading FC fan.
4: At the moment I feel for Reading fans, right? (laughs) So uh, all the Gomez carry-on of uh, of earlier this week. That was um, a bit of a shock for me. I I very much keep in touch with Reading Football Club. Know people in the town that are big fans... And uh, but I'm actually a Blackpool fan for myself. Ah, okay, I'm from Blackpool originally.
0: Yeah. You've done well to, to, to dull the, the accent a little bit.
4: Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I like to sort. Of, <laughs> I don't know how that works, but sometimes I think maybe after a few drinks or when I'm at the football, yeah, yeah. the accent suddenly changes. <laughs>
0: I, Blackpool, I've seen, that Blackpool's been on the news a bit in the last, I know this is the Reading podcast and we yeah. probably haven't got many Blackpool listeners, but <laughs> it's been on the news a little bit lately, hasn't it? The, the sort of the levels of kind of, I de- want say deprivation, is that the right word?
4: Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, definitely as a town, um, I think I saw recently that uh, I think eight of the most deprived wards yeah. in England are in Blackpool, <sighs> which is a real shame, but... What that also suggests is that a lot of investment goes into the town. Yeah, um, I think there's an awful lot of problems with uh, with uh, drugs, substance abuse, and um, homelessness. Yeah, but it's interesting. And, and talking about sort of football, the community trust there do a brilliant. Work with uh, with with all of their communities, and it's actually quite interesting because I'm a board trustee with Reading Football yep. Club's Community Trust, which is where the yes. connection comes from. <laughs> um, so I've been with them for two years, and I can see very similar sort of things that we do as a trust. I'm um, I mean, not going to go into too much of a pitch on it, but you know we are very, you know, as a trust we're very successful. Um, I think we've always got more to do, but I think you know the way that we. Connect with our communities is really important. We work right across the board: disability sport, girls' sport, uh, schools. Yeah. Um, I was looking at our stats the other day at a board meeting, and we have um, we make four thousand contacts a week. Wow! Across the town and across the county, which is so that's brilliant. meeting people. That's that's doing things like soccer camps. Yeah. uh You know, working through our um, schools for children close to exclusion. Yeah. Missing persons. We do we do work through the council. We've got this really interesting. Got a couple of new things coming up. Um, at the moment, one is called Positive Pathways, which is where we work with we go in with schools, yeah, and we work with um, uh, select groups of of children that are potentially at risk of uh, county lines, drug dealing, knife crime, gang culture, that sort of thing. And what we do is we connect both the physical activity elements with some learning. Um, opportunities, so we get people in who've had experience of the jail system, you know, prison system, I should say, uh, or uh, guys that have, that have been involved in gang, you know, gang culture. Yep. And so what we try to do is both sort of connect the physical activity element with sort of the learning opportunities, and then we're doing really good stuff. Actually, doing stuff in Bracknell, which I know is where you're from, <laughs> uh, but not necessarily because of that. <laughs> no, no, What's no, 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 no. Woken... It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> we're also doing it in Woking and Burham. We're really yeah. trying to push the Reading, uh, the RBC. And West Parks as well. So yeah. that's really exciting. And then um, we've also got this new stuff which sort of links to the mental health which is um, on the 19th we've got our Community Trust Day which is the Preston North End game. Uh, we are holding our Community Trust Day which we do every year yeah, yeah. with the club. And we've got a focus on mental well-being, which is really exciting. But we're linking all of our activities to sort of the concept of mental, yeah. better mental well-being and emotional health um, and we've, we're going to be launching what we're calling Talking Tactics, which is a, um, a group-based sort of piece of work where we're going to ask people to come to the trust or to the club, and we'll have some talking groups. You know, people can come and reminisce about the club or reminisce about sort of, you know, the town in the, in, in, the, in the past, really trying to address both social isolation and sort of emotional, mental well-being. So that's really exciting.
0: So we, obviously, we, I built this as a. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I shouldn't have had that tea. Um, <laughs> I build this episode as a little bit of a mental health special, but and we'll just come onto that in a minute. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about more about the reading the, the community trust. So mm. Is that linked to the football club? Is it funded by the football club?
4: So funding wise, it's um, the the funding that we receive is actually from the leagues. So right. from the English Football League, EFL, okay. from the Premier League. Um, we also have opportunities, and, and we we draw down funding from charities. Um, we also work with um, the FA, the Football Association. So that's predominantly where we get our funding from. Yeah. We're closely aligned to the club. Um, we have you know, the club have their uh, sort of uh, their vision about where they're going around their sort of four pillars, and we play a, a major part in being that community yeah. element.
0: And so, and that, and so I guess the idea really is to kind of engage. The community based around the brand of Reading Football Club—is was that, was that fair to say?
4: Absolutely. So, um, like I say, we connect an awful lot around sport. Yeah. Uh, not just football. We're keen to point that out. Uh, but what we el- what else we do is um, we really try to build our communities not only around the club. I think what we're keen to do is not be that sort of the stadium on the hill. Yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. like we're trying to sort of like reach out, and we do that an awful lot with young people. And I think we recognise, actually, that when we've got, I'd say this charitably, and I'm not trying to offend Reading fans, but, you know, at the moment we may have 15,000, but normally we'd expect 25,000 yeah. in the club, you know, if we're doing well, uh, you know, at the stadium. How do we engage that group? You yeah. know? They're there every other Saturday. You've got a big screen, you've got yeah. opportunities to sort of connect with the community. And what we really want to try and show is how we sort of reach out and try and build that spirit.
0: Um, so just, just mental health, kind of mental health awareness. That was something you're, as you say, you're a bit of an advocate within within the NHS. Is that the, the what area of NHS is that? That's not the Royal Barks, is it? It's, no, it's, uh,
4: no, that's right. And, and of course, mental health services are provided via um, Berkshire Healthcare Trust. Right. Okay, so their headquarters are in Bracknell. They reach right across from sort of Hungerford-Lambourne right through over to sort of uh, Colbrook-Langley. Yeah. And uh, all points in between. That's predominantly the secondary care mental health services. And I myself work at a strategic level out of Oxford for Hampshire and the Thames Valley. So we have national programs of work, um, all linked to NHS services. And my role really is to try to build what we call sort of networks, almost like social networks, but like we call them (laughs) clinical networks, where we bring managers, clinicians, patients. And uh, you know, voluntary sector really to try to understand what the national ask is, and we try to help the systems like Berkshire Healthcare or the CCG, the mm. the Clinical Commissioning Group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't really get too bogged down in yeah. all of that, but that's what that's what I do. And and you know, from having worked in mental health for the past two and a half three years, I've become really keen to understand not only what the NHS services do for people that are seriously ill yeah. okay? and then you've got other services where you know, potentially people, um, what's called cognitive based therapy or cognitive, cognitive behavioural therapy uh, which again is a service provided by Berkshire Healthcare and that's interesting you've been talking to Jordan yeah. today about this other sort of counselling and therapy yeah. which is almost sort of like a step between the main services yeah. and, and general population. But what my interest is, personally, is um, men's mental health and, you know, sort of the mental well-being of our communities. So not just men, but, you know, men are at more risk. Men of a certain age, looking at you, Tom, you're probably a bit (laughs) younger than me. But uh, men between uh, 25 and 49, you know, the the biggest killer of males is suicide. Yeah. Um, And we know suicides into the Thames Valley, you know, we do get them. Yeah. And you know there's a lot of stigma attached to that and for me personally my sort of mission really is to make sure that I do as much as I can to try to reduce that as much as possible. What
0: what do you think is is behind this sort of um, it, I, I mentioned this to Jordan in the previous interview. Um, but what what do you think is behind this kind of it's almost it, I don't I don't want to sound I don't want to sound arsey but it's almost like it's, it's, a, it's become sort of slightly fashionable mm-hmm. to be talking about your mental health and 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 you see celebrities coming out and kind of saying oh, i've had this and i've had this do you does that do you think that helps
4: um yes yes i do um i think certainly when we're talking about it's interesting with world mental health day this week yes it happened on thursday yes uh we held a suicide prevention conference at the penta uh, for uh, the Thames Valley which was brilliant really well um, attended lots of good voluntary sector colleagues um, and so on and I think what came out of one of those conversations we heard from the Samaritans yeah okay. and they said that you know talking about mental health talking about suicide does not increase the risk of more mental ill health or more suicide um, and I think hearing from people that we recognize and that we understand that people have experiences of their own mental ill health i think does enable the conversation i think sometimes and we just talked about this off air didn't we that yeah. there's there's something a little bit is it trendy yes a badge of honor
0: that's what i worry about that's the thing that i worry about a and little
4: I, bit. I, I think that's a fair challenge but i would say that mental health services and mental health generally has for so long being in the shadows that any opportunity yeah. to raise it, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. should be celebrated. Um, however, sort of comfortable you feel about how it's promoted, and I think what I'm trying to do with the work around the town is try and bring everyone, you know, try and not necessarily sort of be swayed by that uh, national message, you know, that that sort of big message, uh, but actually trying to get everyone, you know, people closer together and start talking more about it. Because I think the more you talk about it, and this is the key thing. Mm the
0: better it can get. Uh, yeah, and I think, I think you're absolutely right. We, we were talking about kind of how, how you get people together and how, how you get them to, to talk about these sorts of things. But, and, and obviously, there, there are so many social networks. There are so many, like online, you can go online. But in actual fact, I feel like a lot of us are actually just socially inept <laughs> a lot of the time. And it's a phrase I thought Never about. I've heard that. That's no, a good well, one. I, you know, we're not very good at just going and sitting. And I, I, I mean, you and I could be sat here chatting for, for, for several hours about uh, who scored the goal last night or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. but actually, when how do you feel comes around, mm. I'm fine, mate. Um, and I saw this this on Thursday. There was a there was a, a gif or a video going around on Twitter, which was asked twice or something yes, like that. Which yeah, was good. which was quite which I thought was quite strong. And
4: was it the uh, the one with the sort of like text? Speech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good.
0: I, I thought that was very strong, and it, but it, it just showed all you have to do is send a text message. And I, I think people don't. I, like I said, I, I think a lot of us are just socially inept at, at being yeah. able to answer Yeah,
4: questions. Those sorts of questions. I wonder whether, and I I, I think this. I do quite a lot of sort of listening to podcasts, mm. right? Uh, and social networks, as we know them now, uh, you ask people what their reality is. Mm. And this comes out from gaming, sort of the yeah. gaming world and, you know, teenagers. Teenagers now consider their reality and their social network to be all online. Yeah. They don't see real life, in inverted commas, or however you and I would sort of deem that, they don't see that as... As being important, yeah, um, but you know, closer connection to people, visual contact, you know, touching someone appropriately, <laughs> you know, like but you know, sort of you know, releases things like oxytocin, you know, like the love hormone in your yeah. brain. It makes you feel better. You know, things like uh, stress. You know, when you're when you're when you're in a stressful situation, struggling on your own and not talking to someone about it increases cortisol in your brain, right? Which is a stress chemical, which if it carries on, it can make you physically, (laughs) it can physically harm you. You know, so actually what you're missing is that social connection. Yeah. And you're right, you know, we don't want to be sort of that person on the bus that goes and says, hello, you (laughs) know, or, you know, when you're on the tube in London, Um, you know, and you're sort of just like facing front with your headphones in and no, you know, you're this bubble, you know. Actually, there's an awful lot of science around wellbeing, which says, you know, reaching out, Talking to someone doesn't need to be a random person. It could be your friend or your family, or you know, connecting with mates. You know, talking to your barber. You know, you know, know, whatever it might be. Actually, they say that things like gratitude and savoring experience, going into nature, you know, all those sorts of things, releases the right sort of chemicals in your brain and your body, which makes you feel better. And then, so something like, you know, that socially inept conversation, (laughs) which I've never thought about it that way. But, you know, actually, we can work on those things. And I think sometimes we get the sense that with social networks as we know them now, online social networks, we never get that playback from someone. You know, it's always quite, you know, we'll say something, and if we don't get that sort of release of endorphin or oxytocin, then we then start craving something different, you know, and it then becomes quite sort of toxic. And yep. We know all about that yep. with Instagram and, you know, the visual yeah. stuff. But actually being connected is just as important.
0: I, I, I think just you, you talking about that, aside from, from one point I was just going to make, was we should all be more like a barber. Yeah, which I, I I just it occurred to me, but I want. The, no, go on, tell me more. Go the, on, what well, we should because they 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 ask the same questions to everyone that sits down in that chair. They ask the same questions all <laughs> the time, and they probably get the same responses. But bless them, they carry on asking the questions. Mm. How was your day? Yeah. Uh, holiday. holiday coming up? <laughs> How's work? Yeah. Uh, where are you working these days? All that kind of they ask the same things all the time, and there's almost like four or five questions you should be asking someone every day yeah. just, just get those responses. But just
4: imagine Tom, I'm sorry to go on no, that because right. it is it's quite interesting, you know. We know uh, sort of lifestyle, and yeah, grooming, you know, for men yeah. is an important factor nowadays, you know, the amount of peaky blinder hairdo's and sort of beards yeah, and yeah. tattoos and all that sort of stuff that we see now. That actually people do pay a lot more attention to those sorts of um, that sort of lifestyle. Space, yeah, and actually, just imagine if you could equip you know people out in the town with some different questions, yeah, yeah, right, you know, or just even having an open question and letting someone talk into that space. That for me is one of the big things that I think we're missing as a society. Sounds a bit Sort of
0: grand, but you know. That's, it, you've got to you've got to have a goal, haven't you? That's, yeah, that's the Sort of, yeah. you know, however, whatever, whatever that might be. I just I was just thinking about when you were talking about kind of Instagram and people being stuck behind. So I, I'm of the generation that was probably stuck behind MSN Messenger, <laughs> and I look back on it now yeah. and think you know all my all my school friends on MSN Messenger, and you'd be typing away on the computer, chatting to them. Like why on earth didn't I just get up and go out go out and see him? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it was a thing. It was yeah, and you just waited for someone to come online and then you'd you'd chat away or uh, because you couldn't you weren't playing games you couldn't have a game on and Mm. back in those days you didn't have three screens or anything like that you just had one massive lump of a screen in a corner (laughs) and you and you chatted to people online you spent your evening chatting away and.
4: That's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess I'm sort of slightly of an older generation. I mean, I'm in in my 40s, so, you know, I'm not actually...
0: I'm I'm chasing you hard there. Yeah, yeah. where are you, near there? 36, 36 36 yesterday. Happy birthday. (laughs)
4: Thank you. Um, So, I remember back, Yeah, I've got mates who are a bit older than me, you know, things like CB radio, Yeah. Yeah, you know, CB radio was a community yeah. of people that were sort of stretched all over the place. You know, good ten or whatever they call it, ten good buddies or whatever you <laughs> know, rubber duck and all that. And I sort of think to myself, you know, they were harnessing something new. Yeah, uh, but, but it had a place. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Whereas you look at Insta and Snapchat or Facebook or whatever, WhatsApp, you know. It's invasive. It's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You can't, you know, with CB or with MSN, you know, if you had the computer on, it would click It and was there, hit. yeah, you're right. But now with the phone, you're always on it.
0: As a as a race, we are we're very good at making things to avoid speaking directly to people, aren't we?
4: Isn't that amazing? But yeah. you know, actually we are on <laughs> purposefully siloing ourselves yeah. into this little hermetic seal where no one else Will uh, give us, where no one else, you know, where we expect the same sort of feedback from our friends or from people that are in the echo chamber you know, or whatever it might be but actually you're cutting off how much of a percentage are you cutting off just being out in in that social setting however we know we haven't done ourselves a favour, there's a big piece of work, I'll send you a link, uh, I'll be interested to send you some links but one of them is, you know the internet happening at the same time as the economy changing from Mm industry economy, you know, sort of, what would you call it? Uh, uh, Well, there's like a service, so we changed from industry to a service economy, right? So everyone got into like sort of sales and online stuff or whatever it might be. Um, At the same time, the internet came along and it's almost like the economy changed and the internet was supposed to come up and support that and actually what it's done is it's, I'm using my hand now, (laughs) that's very good for radio, but you know, it's almost like sort of separated that out. And I find that absolutely fascinating, that we almost hit the time of the 2000s when the economy changed, the internet was supposed to be there to help, but all it ended up doing was actually separating yeah, yeah. us. Because
0: you, you find people working from home. And so we, we have a little office upstairs, which is great, but you know, there, there, there may well come a time where we're expected to, to kind of just work from home and. and talk to each other on a spreadsheet and yeah. that may well happen but that and that takes away that human contact as well whereas actually probably some of the best work gets done in a noisy shouty office where
4: exactly well i guess for your industry absolutely yeah. and you think about the amount of small to medium-sized enterprises that there are in Reading. yeah you know all linked to the what's called nowadays the knowledge economy so you know that's the internet that's uh you know it um sciences you know life sciences etc and nowadays, even in the NHS, you know, management, which I work in, you know, boo, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, you know the, the essence is to move away from being connected into an office. Yeah. And that's where creativity happy yeah. happens. That's where new ideas come from when you're connected. And that's why I think, you know, these um, office the spaces. The shared
0: office spaces, yes.
4: I think that's a good thing, don't you? Do I, you yes, saying? I really
0: do. I really do. I was, uh, at one point, I was looking at maybe having to, to go into one. Yeah. and i thought that'd be that'd be great there's going to be loads of people in there yeah. and when we used to we so as, as the reading post when we became the online only we moved out to an office in Thiel and we'd gone from a huge office on mm. uh, richfield avenue yes. which probably had about 300 people in it at one point and moved from there to uh, we were there and then it dwindled down to about 10 mm. in this massive office and it sort of just you just sort of bouncing around in a huge space so we moved over to a regis office in Thiel. you know obviously quite expensive Mm. but moved over there and suddenly there were there were hundreds of people all working in different companies but all sharing a kitchen it was it was fantastic being over there and 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 so you know those shared working spaces i think are probably almost certainly going to be if you haven't invested in one i i think i probably would
4: (laughs) I think you're right, and there's, you know, there's. I uh, just saw sort of down by the gateway that there's a new place. Isn't yeah, there, there? there's that two of them. Da- yeah, graveyard. there's two of them
0: down here, down there, Greyfriars Road. Yeah,
4: and and so you know, there's obviously a market there. My, it's interesting. Yesterday at the suicide prevention conference, I was talking to a colleague who works for Reading Voluntary Action, and she was sort of noting that um, workplace mental well-being um, is really challenging for small and medium-sized enterprises. Yeah. You know, we think again. This is that sort of links to the trendy sort of trendiness. Yeah. You know. Visa or Oracle or Microsoft or PepsiCo or Bayer or whatever you know they will have mental well-being champions they will yeah. have a, an employee assistance program what about the guys that have like two or three of you you know yeah. what about the guy that sort of sits in that office in those shared spaces are they getting the right sort of level yeah. of support and so for me I think that is a major part of how has our approach to mental well-being changed with how the sort of how industry and business works now. So I think there are a lot more changes yeah. happening.
0: James, uh, we'll just leave it there, if that's all right with yeah, you. This sure. is absolutely fantastic. Anything you wanted to just add before we go?
4: So thank you, yeah, just on that. Um, su- suicide prevention was the um, focus for uh, World Mental Health Day, which was on Thursday. Um, there's some really great uh, training, 20-minute training on there. I will provide you if you want. Yeah, we'll put it in the notes. Pop it in the notes at the end of the the show. Yeah, about some uh, really easy, simple 20 minute suicide prevention training, which everyone really should try and get hold of because it is important and it can, every suicide can be preventable or is preventable, I should say. And then, you know, just basically, you know, talk. Yeah. You know, let's try to sort of, you know, connect at a local level, as local as we can. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can send you an email if anyone wants to connect, then, you know, be happy to do that.
0: Happy to. Uh, we'll, we'll put it all in the show notes. James Carter, thank you very much. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, thank you.
4: All
0: right, thanks. Um, really, really interesting stuff, though. Um, you know, as we mentioned at the, at the top of the show, um, it's, it is something everybody is talking about. Um, on on the conversation with Jordan, I spoke about um, my friend dying earlier this year and how that. Affected me. Um, still, you know, it, it's a it's a long process either way, and I'm, I know I'm sure you guys will have your own stories as well. Uh, I'm not saying we have to. Everybody has yeah.
1: something going on, don't they? Yeah, I
0: think it's um it's uh it's it's an emotive subject, and I just hope that that listening to some of those people might feel like they have someone they could talk to if they wanted to.
1: Is there? links and things did they recommend uh, websites and things that you can put on
0: i will be posting everything i can find uh, in the show notes if you don't know what the show notes are um on every podcast that goes out there is some text that describes what this podcast is about and at the bottom i usually post a load of links related to what we spoke about so there'll be links and stuff in there to all the various different places and all that sort of thing
3: good
0: okay up next, random question. Complete key change. <laughs> the
3: random question.
0: Okay, uh, Rachel and I... We a. have had like a, are we all supposed a to st- boy zone moment. Yeah. We were supposed stand to stand up, up yeah. <laughs> yes. <our> In <laughs> matching white suits. Well, wasn't it West, was it West Westlife or was it boy zone? Oh, they, they both? They must have it. both they
1: done
0: it. They all did it. Um, so, Rachel and I have been busy writing some new questions. So, we're going to get Hugh to read out the big question um, all of them are based on the nightclubs that we used to enjoy
1: <laughs> the after dark <laughs> the end
2: <laughs> where did you have your birthday parties we've done that one I don't remember doing it oh
1: No, I don't think I think we've um, thrown laser quest around quite a few <laughs> times yes. that's and probably why I think.
0: someone mentioned um, <laughs> Someone mentioned McDonald's last week,
1: I think. Yeah. And I had my childhood birthday parties in the village hall in Sonning Common. Soko Village Hall. Right. Black and white theme. Don't know why. That was my tenth so, what birthday, the I think. Television
0: looked like back in those days.
1: Oh there we go.
0: Oh,
5: oh. oh.
1: Didn't have televisions in my day.
2: <laughs> Rachel's favourite T V programme. Andy Pandy.
1: <laughs> Bill and Ben, thank you oh, very much. Sorry.
0: The test card. So, Sonic Common Village Hall.
1: I love how you pretend like you're so much younger than me. It's
2: Spring chicken, mate.
1: Yeah.
0: It'll watch him struggle it's to get up when we...
2: You're only as young months. as you feel.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hugh? I had my birthday parties in my house, mostly, <laughs> I seem to remember. Oh, well, that's boring. I know, yeah, well... <laughs> we had yes do you remember when you were really little you just, your birthday party was very uncomplicated you just invited everyone in your class yeah, and yeah. so you turned up yeah. And, yeah and then pass the parcel I always remember having conversations with my mum having invited the whole class then the next year it was it was ruthlessly cut down by, usually because she'd taken against various <laughs> people in my country <laughs> he didn't eat anything he was really fussy he didn't say anything he didn't
1: okay. say thank you when he left he, yeah he didn't
2: say thank you very he left he didn't take he didn't his party back. He didn't bring you bag. a present. <laughs> oh, I was going to say <laughs> he didn't invite you to his party.
1: <laughs> oh, it's the politics. I've got all of this to come. Yeah, I'm so glad that Zach's birthday is August because everyone's oh, on holiday.
2: Yes. Yeah. Shrewd,
1: yeah, I know. But like, do y- you either invite the whole class, don't you? Who I wouldn't necessarily know who yeah. they all were, or you go really small and just have How like five or six be? friends.
0: As as someone. as as the one of us in here representing mothers how easy would it be just to not tell your child about birthdays
1: it's a bit (laughs) late for that but that is a great idea (laughs) i wish wish i'd done that (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about mate well i'm already panicking a little bit about like the the standard of birthday that we've got to reach i've been really lucky in his first few birthdays because um two of his best friends have got birthdays within a week of him and because they'd all sort of be inviting the same people we did joint parties um, share the cost share the responsibility da, 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 da. and now they've all three of them have gone to different schools Ooh. which means oh. that we'll have to have a a separate birthday party well, this is going to get expensive yeah, and i well there's that and there's also what, what you know what do you do our house isn't big enough for 30 kids in his class to come and then Pete, yes, we're I already getting invites for going to like jungle mania and gymnastics something or other and trampolining and I think oh my god I'm going to have to take out a mortgage for this <laughs> aren't
0: I I suppose kids birthday parties are the unseen side effect of largest class sizes aren't they
1: that is the, yeah <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter about the education kids. side yeah. of it. Have they thought of the parents? <laughs> and but the also, birthday his
2: birthday's in August, which means he'll be the l- probably what the last in his class to have his yeah, birthday party. Yeah, so at least party. I'll be able
1: to suss out who's he been yeah. invited to. Yeah, you'll over have a, a good year. spreadsheet. A spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, yeah she didn't invite you.
0: What you suddenly need is a loner kid. That's what you need. Oh,
1: oh! I say, through June and July, could you just hang on your own in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> But come September, when you go back to school, it's just be friends with everyone. You do
2: realise, Rachel, that you've ruined his his social life as well by having him in by having him in August, because it's all right until, and I'm assuming that this will still be the same by the time he reaches 18 in what 14 years' time, Mm. that everyone else in his school year will be able to go to the pub (laughs) except him until (laughs) the very end of he will have actually again assuming things are f- the same wow. he would have finished school before he's legally old enough to go to the pub and all his mates will be going out and having a wild time and he'll be going, he'll be everyone going I haven't got any ID if they still do that I don't know oh there will probably be like retinal scans by then. True, yeah.
0: He'll
1: be hiding yeah. in the garden. They'll have to sneak him a pint out like <laughs> we used to do. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. It'll,
2: yeah.
0: Lacks attitude to the most animals. Hopefully he'll be
2: tall.
1: What 16 or 17 year old do you know that doesn't find a way? It's like Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. Life away. finds a way. <laughs> Booze. <Here's this. laughs> Who and knows this what means. the licensing is? 90s <laughs> film reference.
0: know. <laughs> oh, well, I, I did mention that last week's podcast was incredibly popular. And by that I mean. Hardly anybody listened to it,
2: <gasps> so I think we need to rein in the nineties. Oh, uh, okay. The nineties. Oh, that's a shame. So Film I'm, references. I'm not allowed to talk about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. No, and uh. sadly,
0: our, our watching party for Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves is currently on on hold. Uh, that makes
1: shame. me sad. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. Um, just in case, uh, whilst you've all been chatting about where you've had your birthday parties, um, there are a number of workmen at the top of the Garrard Street car park, all with yellow helmets on and just looking over the side. Um, are they uh, knocking bits off of it already? <laughs> I, I don't know. Say.
1: There's it still is, cars in there. I can see them.
2: It is coming soon. It's um, it's been that road's been closed. It's been closed for the last two weekends. It's closed again this weekend for pre um, for work on the on the site. And um, I suspect
0: I suspect they're all
2: just up there going, "Doesn't this smell?"
1: Yeah, we need some air fresheners in here before I we can start I cannot work. wait
2: to knock this down. But yeah, it, it is, I hate this word, but imminent. Um, okay. But we don't quite know when. Just uh, just so, so listeners Although, know,
0: we can see the Garrard streetcar park from
2: the outside of our window. Yes, we can report on it pretty quickly because all it takes is looking out of the window. All of a sudden it's being pulled down. <laughs> Where is oh! it? <laughs>
1: you think, will they have one of those... Swingy things with the big no, cannonball on the. They don't end. tend to do
0: that. No, that, they that haven't that used they those, those for
2: about twenty years. I think Miley Cyrus was oh. the last one to use one of
1: those. <laughs> A wrecking ball.
2: Apparently, they're quite. They're quite. Uh, what did he say? They're quite destructive. <laughs> Isn't that the point? <laughs> and they, uh, and health and safety people don't like them because they send things flying in all directions. Oh,
0: boring! I'm pretty sure you could just push the Gerard Street car park and it would fall over like dominoes. um That'll do for this week. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you want to get in touch with the show, here's Jeremy with How You Can.
3: If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at RealReadingPod, Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com
0: Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Hugh, have you had a lovely time? I've had a lovely time, and I'm just
2: looking at the car park here. It looks like it's made out of wood. <laughs> Don't you
1: think what it like looks like, like it leans in p- towards the lift yes. shaft as well? Like yes. it's going to collapse in on itself. It looks also like a
2: partially played game of Jenga. <laughs> 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 I
0: liked,
1: uh,
2: hopefully that's how they're going to demolish it.
0: <laughs> One brick at a time. Um, Rach, have you had a lovely time
1: oh i've had a lovely time you guys have cheered me right up
0: good except for that sort of tough bit in the middle where we talked about our feelings
1: yeah that where you cried that bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you a cuddle
0: joking aside uh, thank you for our two guests this yep. week who were um it's just a really important subject and we thought it worth covering so Definitely. thank you Uh, okay don't forget if you know someone we should be speaking to on the show please do get in touch via facebook or twitter Uh, we'll see you next time
1: bye Bye. 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 or
0: to the trees no we're not going to the trees this week
1: life will find a way
3: you're listening to the real reading podcast
2: we apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not not, not a very good idea
1: have you ever watched that programme, uh, Hunted, on Tram 4? Yes. yes, that was, you was brilliant. you see the yes. one where yep. the guy came out of Reading station yep. and chased him all through Reading yep. all along the canal and eventually caught him running around. Yes, down.
0: that was brilliant.